1: It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors,
2: brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back to Navadomskis here. Coming up in a minute, he'll have some fish bites for us, I'm sure. So look forward to that. And then a big second hour also coming up for KSL Outdoors Radio. The program is brought to you every week by Bear River Lodge and Tracks Power Sports. The man behind it all is Roger Eggett. I worry about you when I see videos of you uh, collapsed in the snow <laughs> and and looking a little like Frosty the Snowman. You looked exhausted last week.
2: Ah, Tim, I have a cold today because you saw in that picture, my face was covered in snow. My beard had ice and snow all in it. I was completely exhausted. I'd been out so last week I snowmobiled every single day took different groups from all across the country. I had groups from Arkansas, to Texas, to New York. It was crazy, but uh, yeah, I've got a cold because I worked so hard last week. <laughs> well it, it was brutal.
1: Kind of a sideline question here uh, that we didn't plan on, but since you've mentioned that people are coming from all over the country, how do they learn about you? I'm curious
2: you know it's thanks to KSL truly this radio show and also we do digital marketing with your group there at KSL and they do whatever magic they do and it gets our word out all throughout the country and throughout the world i guess
1: but uh, uh people don't realize it gets out there. people don't realize uh and this will be sort of inside baseball talk to listeners but uh KSL is one of the original 12 50,000 watt stations which in simple terms means that we were originally set up with 11 other stations around the country strategically in case of an emergency to uh, help get word out you know to uh, listeners in our areas and for that reason uh, other stations are blocked from getting onto our frequency so we blast out this time of the morning to 11 or 12 western states and sometimes we tend to forget that but uh, we always have people listening in places that we really never knew about. Um, Getting out and having to dig out machines is just part of the snowmobile experience, isn't it?
2: Yeah. You know, and and, uh, it's my own fault. I take people and I want to share this marvelous experience with them. And I take them just to the edge and, and I push them probably harder than they should be pushed, but they get to see things and experience things. This group we had, from arkansas i took them out three days in a row and they said thank you for pushing us pushing us even though it was brutally difficult one of the days because it was brutally difficult well it allowed us to experience it and to see things we wouldn't have done and you know just anyway it was marvelous
1: yeah here's the difficulty and i don't want to discourage anybody from having the experience because it really is a blast and my entire family Uh, has been bugging me for when we're going to go out as a group the next time which is proving (laughs) tougher and tougher as the group expands and gets significant others and have babies and all those other things but uh, it's especially tough when the snow is this deep because you can't get a good footing uh, to lift the weight of a snowmobile and roll it back up the right way without sinking into that stuff how how much snow have you got now? You
2: know, last week, before the big storm came in on Wednesday, we had 200% of normal, already snowpack at Bear River Lodge. And then we got three to four feet at Whitney Reservoir last week. And we were snowmobiling in literally 10 feet of snow. One of those machines, if you saw my pictures from last week on Instagram, one of those machines we measured was down nine feet. Oh my bur- God. That guy buried it in a tree well nine feet. And it took us three hours to get that one machine out so it was kind of a big deal
1: yeah and I was exhausted I'm but, yeah, uh, I'm sure what kinds of challenges does it pose for you there at the at the cabins when you get that much snow
2: well we had two feet of new snow at the lodge so we had all hands on deck plowing the parking lot shoveling the walks trying to get the machines clear and meanwhile we've got dozens of snow that are showing up so we got to get the machines out but Logistics are challenging. And, you know, today it is snowing. It's, there's just so much snow. I don't, I'm sure we'll be snowmobiling for at least, we've now set our close date at April 10. Mm. So we'll be out there for another
1: month. Well, that was my next question. And, you know, it's always uh, sort of like uh, reading the crystal ball here because who knows? But my guess is you're going to be extending that season. And it does make it a challenge for you to then get the wheeled machines out and start planning that part of your year.
2: Right. You know, late snow hurts our business because people want to get out and enjoy the summer and the spring and get out and play outdoors. And if snow still sticks around, you know, I think either there are pictures on my Instagram. I took my brother Rich and his son Rockwell to we snowmobiled on June 23rd, five or six years ago. And I'm sure this year we will be snowmobiling into June if we want.
1: Yeah. Um, and if you think getting out of the snow when it's uh, January, February, and the temperatures are in the teens, (laughs) it's not much more fun when it's what uh, Craig Gordon at the Avalanche Center calls manky, and things are melting all around you. That gets even more of a challenge.
2: Yeah, no matter what, it's a challenge, but it is fun. Snowmobiling is such a fun activity, and If folks don't want to get out in the snowmobiles, come out in those Defenders. You know, I took this group from Arkansas one night. We hopped in two Defenders and rode up to Whitney Reservoir in the dark at night with heaters. And we were all joking and laughing and comfortable. That's a great way to go see the forest is in those enclosed Defenders. So if you don't like cold weather, come up in one of those.
1: Well, speaking of having a good time and uh, hanging out with people that uh, enjoy the same experience, the Rally in the Valley is this weekend, right? Right,
2: Saturday for the so when this show airs, come on up because we'll kick off at 10 o'clock, nine, ten o'clock, 11 o'clock, Saturday morning. we're doing this rally in the valley. We'll have hundreds of snowmobilers descend on Bear River Lodge in the National Forest and we'll go out and have a great time. There's a poker run, lots of great exhibits, good food, great giveaways, prizes. It's just a great time to get together.
1: Is it a fundraising thing or really just to get together?
2: Yeah, they raise funds for the Utah Snowmobile Association, which they then in turn use those funds to do trail maintenance, to to lobby for trails and just take care of the snowmobile community and the outdoors. So yeah. it's a good opportunity.
1: But there's still a chance if they're listening to this, because this uh, as this airs, it'll be a little after 6.30 Saturday morning. They'll still have a chance to load up and come your way.
2: Yeah, just head up to Evanston, turn right on the Mirror Lake Highway, and come out 30 miles and come see what's happening because we'll be going on all day at Bear River Lodge, all day. And literally, there will be hundreds of snowmobilers.
1: And is it just one day or is it all weekend?
2: Nope, just Saturday.
1: Okay. Um, I also got an email blast from you. It's about that time of year, although we just established the fact that you're going to be delaying your clothes probably for the winter uh, snowmobile season. It is that time of year when you start thinking about selling off your, uh, some of your fleet anyway, and man, uh, there's always some great deals for people that want some gently used machines.
2: Yes. You know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is that we run brand new machines every year, and so our 2023 snowmobiles and, and side-by-sides with tracks are now for sale. We put them up for sale on Sunday, and we've sold a couple already, and more are going out the door today, and people are starting to pick up, and there's still time to go ride. It's fun. Yeah. But we have about... 100 machines for sale right now. So we've got a lot of machines for sale.
1: That is just crazy to me, uh, you know, sitting on (laughs) all of of that as uh, Trax Power Sports or or Bear River Lodge, uh, that you take on that responsibility every year. But do me a favor, uh, after talking with you uh, when we were on our motorcycle ride through the Alps and the stress I watched you go through, don't sell them until you know the next ones are on the way, all right? Uh,
2: That is a challenge. When you... These days, you know, we buy 150 machines a year. It is hard to know when are we going to get them. But the supply chain issues are easing up. Believe it or not, our lot in the Bountiful Track Shop is full of machines for this summer that are in crates still. They showed up in January and February. So we've already got the summer fleet, and we've got to get last summer sold. So if you were looking for a machine from last summer, we've got side by side. ATVs, dirt bikes. We've got two-seaters, four-seaters, six-seaters. So if you're looking for a winter or summer machine, we now have it for sale. Come check us out.
1: It all sounds like fun to me. BearRiverLodge.com is the place. Don't forget about the uh, rally in the valley happening as you listen to this on Saturday morning. Roger Agate, thanks for all you do. Great, Tim. Can you shut off the snow, bring out the sun, and let's have some fun? (laughs) Said the man who makes his business at least part of the year (laughs) and taking people out on snowmobiles. I know you're tired. <laughs> go go take a nap, and we'll talk next week. All right. Have fun. See ya. All right. Uh, when we come back, we will reconnect with uh, Navin We'll find out what he's got on his mind for fish bites this week. Thanks so much for waking up with us early on a Saturday morning. This is KSL Outdoors Radio.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
1: Two teenage kids...
0: But only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at Letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Well, let me tell you a story about it. A-
2: Black and blue with the hand, yellow the bluegill boogie.
3: Yellow yeah, bluegill boogie. When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone, try the bluegill boogie. You can't go wrong. Easy.
1: Alright, now if he's singing to himself on the mountain, people really are gonna think he's weird.
3: <laughs> Sing along. Well, I'm not gonna talk about bluegill. We'll talk about cutthroat. Hey, remind me but one my,
1: before you jump in and take off on me here. Remind me, bluegill and sunfish, two different things? Um,
3: no, a bluegill is a sunfish.
1: Okay. Uh, because I there was an article I was reading this morning, and I didn't read too far into it, about uh, more uh, conversations they have from time to time uh, talking about invasive species in Utah, and they were concentrating on quagga mussel. And somebody posted that the sunfish at Lake Powell are actually getting massive because they're feeding on the quagga,
3: have you heard anything about that? I have not, but that's an interesting fish bite in itself. Yeah, I, and and I, not, I'm, I love massive sunfish. By the way, yeah, but but I'm, yeah.
1: I'm I'm just thinking it would be great if that's actually taking place as a little bit of help from Mother Nature on the control side of uh, the quagga, but. Uh, side benefits, some pretty big fish, which uh, we'll see if we can find out more about that with the Division of Wildlife Resources. All right, you wanted to talk cutthroats, which is perfect because right after the top of the hour, Faith Jolly's going to be with us to talk about some cutthroat trout projects. But I think our our listeners have been enjoying your species-by-species background information.
3: Well, in fairness, that's trout. I've been just talking trout, and I know that's what people prefer. Even in that, that little song, Bluegill Boogie, Boogie says when the trout are gone, and hopefully the trout will never be gone because of catch and release. But the last one on our list is arguably everyone's favorite, and that is Encore Heichus. Ready? Yep. Clarkie, Utah. Clarkie, Utah is a specific strain known as the Bonneville, which we have. All cutthroats are from Lake Bonneville, and there are lots. There are lots. And in Arizona, they call them Apaches. They call it, oh, my gosh, there's so many strains. The only one that's on the other side of the Continental Divide to the east is Bulbury, and he doesn't have, Uncle Hunt's Bulbury doesn't carry the Clark designation because Clark from the Lewis and Clark Expedition put his name on that. So all the cutthroats that exist west of the the Rocky Mountains um, are Clarky and then whatever strain that is, Okay. Angkor Hodge's Agua Bonita, that's the one that comes from the other side of the um, Great Basin in in the Sierra Nevadas, which is the golden, another favorite, which has been planted. (laughs) Look, um, we've done a lot to try to save this fish. This is a really beautiful, a really special fish. And a lot of people think that they have a hard time competing with, like, brown trout, which are more aggressive, and that's no question the case. Um, the Weaver River has been planted many times with these Bonnevilles, but they don't seem to take. And I, I think it's the temperatures, frankly, of the summer, and the pristine nature of the water isn't quality enough. So you've got to have a very pristine, clear water for these cutthroats to survive. And everybody thinks that, like, the brown competes, and that's why it can't make it. I, I disagree with that. But, look, staying with this fish, the cutthroat, um, his life expectancy varies, his food varies because as Lake Bonneville receded some 10,000 years ago, it left residue deposits of this fish and each of them, um, you know, evolved a, a bit differently. So they're all the same fish, but they are different strains and there are broad strains. Like if you've got the Liahontan, which is an original Utah strain from, a, um um Utah Lake, in fact, Dominguez and Escalante in seventeen seventy six drew these fish. Um in their journals, they they lived on the south shore of the Tipanogos branch of the Go Indians for two weeks and they drew that the uh the native people tanned the hides. That's how much they used this fish, and we guesstimated that they'd be about forty five pounds by examining how they described them and the drawings they made. Wow. Um and uh, now those are alive and kicking. And I mean, literally because the pilot Creek strain was saved in little, a Folgers coffee can and eventually found its way back to the help of humans. <laughs> to yeah. So to, to, um, what was the pyramid Lake? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're in the high thirties, like 37, 38 pounds is a big one. And there's strong belief that these guys are going to get to the 45 pound range. And by the way, that's where Finn is right now, even as I speak. I mean, this is airing on Saturday, and he's there on a stepladder <laughs> casting out <laughs> into the deep yeah. trying to get one of these monsters. Yeah.
1: Wow, that'll be some. I hope if he gets one, we'll uh, get some pictures. Uh, we got to wrap this up, but real quick, maybe you already said this. If you did, I apologize, but uh, does the Clarkie name come from Lewis and Clarkie?
3: Yeah. Clark from the. <laughs> Look, the Clark expedition. Yeah, all right. that's what I thought.
1: Hour number two, just ahead. Quick fish for the kids to catch the
3: bluegill boogie. Yeah, the bluegill boogie. When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone, try the bluegill boogie. You came wrong, come on.
0: I'm Dave
2: Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.